Welcome back to the second hour of the Tobler Show here on News Talk STL 101-9941. Glad you're here. It's great to be with you. And uh, you're, we're, we're streaming. This is our inaugural streaming on uh, Facebook and, and Rumble and Twitter. Broadcasting from the Liberty Lair, for those of you just joining us. It makes Mark Levin's bunk a, a, a paper tent. I, I, that's all I can say. That's all I can say. And only my uh, closest friends, which may include some of you, could uh, can come here when the onslaught occurs. You know, Leah, you're allowed to come here. You know that. Great. You're a little bit All of right. a drive, though. All right. There's Leah Almstead, my producer. <laughs> well, joining us now is uh, Byron Keelan, who is the president of Freedom Principle MO. And uh, great to make your acquaintance. Uh, nice to meet you virtually, Byron. Well, great. I appreciate you having me on. Tell me a little bit about the genesis of Freedom Principle MO and your involvement in it. I, uh, I'm uh, getting to know you here, and I, I think the audience would like to get to know you a little bit, those who haven't come in contact yet. Well, I'm the uh, president and founder of the Freedom Principle Missouri. Um, it, we're a pro-citizen, pro-Missouri first organization with America first politics embedded in our DNA. Uh, we're a membership-based 501c4 organization. Uh, we are acting locally in the St. Louis area and statewide to protect our families and our constitutionally protected liberties. Um, you know, our, our slogan or our tagline is that, you know, we're fighting for America, we're fighting for Missouri, and we're fighting for you. Um, you know, we're promoting policies um, that uh, support Missouri first uh, politics, and that means making America and Missouri energy independent, making Missouri safer by supporting law enforcement. Uh, protecting working families by promoting strong domestic economy, you know, standing up, as you were talking about earlier, uh, individual medical freedom with regard to COVID, uh, COVID vaccinations and mandates, um, and really uh, talking about protecting the right to vote and have their vote counted. All right. Well, good. So you're you're clicking all the boxes on uh, on those important issues that I think uh, many uh, many in the in the right on the right, including the MAGA, the not so MAGA, but you know generally that big conservative tent, I think have become a little disappointed in the last few weeks with the with the uh, concentration on Mar-a-Lago and the raid and everyone, and and we're seeing some defeats among uh, Republicans across the nation now. Of course, not that hasn't been tested yet very well. Uh, here uh, and it won't be now until the midterms in November. Are you disappointed that Republicans in general and the, some of the candidates in particular are still focusing on on issues that really aren't the at near and dear to the hearts of of Missourians and uh, and here in the metro area as well? Well, I, I mean, I don't really know if that is necessarily true or if this is a media uh, driven in- initiative. I mean. I think, yes, some candidates are focusing on the Mar-a-Lago thing uh, because it's just the the hot topic. But, I mean, I look at Eric Schmidt's campaign. He's doing nothing but focusing on bread and butter issues regarding taxes and regarding protecting our children and protecting our environment and uh, protecting our, 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 you know, our economy uh, and things. So he's very much focused on issues. Um I see a lot of the, you know, J.D. Vance's of the of the world and the, you know, other, the Dr. Oz's, even Herschel Walker, they're focusing on protecting our children and protecting our right to vote and 
um, protecting uh, America's uh, borders. So I, I think they are focused. I think, you know, it's really the media that is do, doing the yeah. job of trying to uh, separate this stuff. But I, I do believe that they're doing this to uh, because they know that their voters are depressed and they have to, you know, the, the, um, the purpose of Biden's speech was to try to energize his base. But I don't and I, I just think they're hiding the fact that or their fake polls are really doing everything they can to try to keep the Democratic base energized uh, because they know that yeah. people like Cory Bush and people like Joe Biden, their policies are really destroying the middle class and, and lower income families. And I, I, I mean, I, from talking to people, they are not happy about what's going on in America and they're going to show up. Okay. Talking with Byron Keelan, president of Freedom Principal Mo, uh, I saw this, uh, caught this press release from your organization about uh, the League of Women Voters and the Missouri NAACP are attempting to block implementation of a new election law, which I think by all objective criteria only serves to ensure that um, a vote is a vote and uh, is not going to be corrupted by uh nefarious influences. Tell us more about this. Well, you are correct. The The League of Women Voters in Missouri and the Missouri NAACP really are engaging in scare tactics to attempt to corrupt the 2022 election. Uh, they know their voters are discouraged by the hateful and harmful policies being pushed by Joe Biden, Cory Bush, and Sam Page. The lawsuit is just a scheme uh, of out uh, using out of a uh, worn out playbook uh, tactics. Uh, the lawsuit is baseless and, and hopefully will be dismissed by this uh, Cole County judge. Um, the Freedom Principle Missouri, along with other conservative grassroots organizations, worked very hard with legislators to encourage the passage of HB 1878. You know, what we saw in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona shook America's trust in our election process. The photo ID Requiring a photo ID is just one step in rebuilding that trust. And, you know, HB 1878 was a strong first step in rebuilding that trust. And that was shattered in 2020. And that the bill not only requires photo ID, but it also bans mail-in ballots, bans third-party funding for elections. So it bans the Zuckerbucks and it bans drop boxes. Um, you know, Freedom Principle Missouri believes that the right to vote and the right to have our vote counted are essential to our America's democracy and that Missourians and Americans must have confidence in the electoral process and results. Let me, uh, Leah, if you can play a clip here. Uh, did we, I think we had... Uh, well, one of the clips from the Biden speech the other day, I don't want to waste our time with you, uh, Byron, but... Biden tried to imply that folks that support the principles and policies of Donald Trump, we can talk about his personality and some of the difficulties, you know, some, if not many have. Um, but, but he implied that people who want election integrity of the type you were just describing, the Missouri law helps to consolidate, um, and, and those on the left would like to unravel. He implies that somehow that's unconstitutional and trying to steal the voting rights of Americans. I, I just, it's jaw-droppingly unbelievable to me that they think that that message is going to work with, with independence. 
certainly it won't work for the far left, the Cory Bushes, the AOCs, you know, the, I, I understand that. But uh, what, what's your sense? Do you think that this is a, that this voter integrity push, which is largely driven by the Republican Party in the wake of what happened in 2020, with at least if in, in a possibility, if not in reality, could have led to massive amounts of voter fraud, do you think the independents are on our team or are they on the other team? Because they're the um, ones going to make the difference the, in the election. Yeah. No, I believe actually the independents and even the common sense Democrats are for voter integrity. I mean, you look at a Rasmussen report in 2021, 69% of blacks and 82% of non-white minorities support voter ID uh, to vote. Uh, 35 states have laws requiring voters to show some form of identification identification at the polls. Um, you look at the uh, record turnout for, you know, in Georgia, we all saw last year, they pulled the all-star game. They had, you know, several companies um, refused to do business in Georgia. But when they had their primaries in uh, 2022 here, the total number of voters was over 860,000 people, which according to their statistics, was 168% higher than 2018. So I, I hardly call that this is disenfranchisement by protecting the right to vote. Um, I, like I said, you know, to me, the, the protecting the right to vote is essential to our America's democracy. And we have to do everything we can to make sure that only U.S. citizens vote and that only those that are registered to vote can vote and only those and that when that person actually shows up to vote that their vote is counted i mean we have worked with groups like i will tell you missouri canvassers in missouri here to look at voter fraud and, and voter integrity issues and they have found a lot of either dead people or people no longer living in their homes that they say they live in on the voter rolls and and these things need to be cleaned up and and so um, this is kind of what you know HB 1878 does. It, it helps the Secretary of State um, clean, you know, work with these county clerks' offices across the Missouri and clean up voter rolls, um, and it protects from third-party influences. I mean, you know, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg spent you know like 400 million dollars on trying to influence the elections, and and in many places it worked. Yeah, yeah. Talking with Byron Keelan, president of uh, Freedom Principle Mo. Now, I also see Freedom Principle STL. Is it the same? Does it all guide folks to the same uh, same site? Yes, Freedom we Principle actually STL, uh, Freedom we were, Principle uh, locally, but now we've we've gone statewide. In a sense, is that you know we realize that uh, other uh, counties and and municipalities in St. or in Missouri were dealing with the same issues, and so. We uh, are also now advocating on their behalf to uh, do outreach and to organize and advocate for con constitutionally sound solutions to Missouri's biggest challenges. And, um, you know, it's the, the purpose of the Freedom Principle, Mo, is to give Missouri citizens an ally in the fight against anti-American legislation and governance at the state and federal level. So we're building, educating and mobilizing citizen advocates to our um, to advocate for our core principles. 
Are you affiliated with a with a national organization, or is this an upstart uh, grassroots, you know, St. Louis slash Missouri organization? It's an upstart. I started this back after the. Uh, it's kind of interesting is that in 2019, a St. Louis City alderman was running for re-election, and she was running against a, a guy that was an avowed communist in her ward. He was claiming to be a Democrat, but he was actually on the on the national party for a communist organization. And so uh, a group of us decided that we needed to do something about this. And, and so we, you know, we started uh, locally in St. Louis city, we've, you know, moved out to Metro St. Louis and now we're statewide. So we've, our influence is growing uh, daily uh, thanks to shows like this and, you know, and to, Tim and Chris's show and to Mike Ferguson's show, Ustak um, STL has been really good to us. So it's been very influential uh, in helping us grow our audience and helping us grow our membership. So, uh, but what we just find is that it's time to take our communities back. It's time to start holding our politicians accountable for their actions. It's time, or in a sense, lack of action. So um, we, you know, we know we must protect America rights and values, and this means we must put America and American constitutional rule of law first. And then by putting America's interests first, we're putting Missourians' rights and freedoms first. Beautiful. Hey, well, I really like it. It sounds like a very libertarian-leaning organization, <laughs> and uh, I know that uh, that rings true. That rings true. Well, I appreciate it, and I encourage people to join the Freedom Principle Missouri in taking a stand and supporting our solutions that serve all St. Louisans and Missourians uh, and all American citizens, uh, not just the powerful cadre of special interest groups. Uh, we encourage them to go to freedomprincipalmo.org. They can join as a member or donate to our fight, and then they can also then uh, follow us on Twitter, Getter, True Social, Parlor, all those links. They can be uh, accessed on our website. Byron Keelan, do you have any events uh, planned between now and the midterms? I guess those will be on your uh, website. Do you have anything coming up that folks can come out um, and meet you are, and, uh, you know, network? Yeah, we are going to have a meeting on September 20th. We're going to show the uh, Laura Logan movie uh, selection code. Um, it's going to be at the St. Louis County GOP uh, headquarters in Fenton. Uh, and then we're working on doing an, a, a Meet the Candidates Night for October. So we're uh, looking on finding a location right. for that right before the election and uh, trying to encourage St. Louis County, St. Louis City, uh, St. Charles, and Jefferson County uh, candidates to come out and then meet with the public and, and give an opportunity for them to talk about their uh, their policies and things, but also encourage people to volunteer right. for their, their campaigns. All right. Well, thank you, Byron Keelan, for being with us on this Labor Weekend uh, edition of the Tobler Show. Again, it's freedompriciplemo.org and uh, the same on Twitter at uh, freedompriciplemo. Thanks very much, Byron. Look forward to meeting you in person someday. Yeah, likewise. I appreciate it and look forward to being on your show again sometime. All right. There he is, Byron Keelan. Well, coming up after the break, uh, I was able to talk with A.J. Rice, who's, um, well, let's just say he's the publicist to the stars. I uh, was able to catch him last week for an interview, and I, I think you'll find it interesting. He's author of a new book, and it's quite an interesting read. A nice little coffee table or 
maybe a bathroom book because they're just a compendium of short little uh, articles that he's written that really attack woke. And after all, we are truth to truth seekers and woke destroyers here on the Tober show. So uh, it resonated well. Hope you enjoy it. We'll play that right after the break. Stay tuned for more Virginia Cruda coming up then later on this hour at 745. You're listening to the Randy Tober show on News Talk STL 1019-941. Welcome home. Looking forward to talking to A.J. Rice. I communicate with him as we we book guests from time to time. He is the CEO of a, of a, just an iconic uh, publicist firm, a Publius uh, PR, and a premier communications firm, and also now an author with, with a compendium of uh, columns that he's written for just dozens of different uh, outlets. A.J., great to have you on. This is a fabulous book, my friend. Fabulous. Brother Randy, great to be here. I got to tell you, I don't know. You were executive producer for uh, Laura Ingram. I mean, you've gotten the, the, all the big names. I mean, I, 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 Steve Scott, Roger Simon, Monica Crowley, Mark Meadows, Judge Janine, Donald Trump Jr., Steve Hilton, and on and on and on. What's the magic, brother? What's the magic? I don't know. I think it's uh, it's my you know Irish Philly magic that I've got going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, I uh, I'm a grinder, you know. Uh, you know, I don't I don't bring fools, and you know, some of those people you meant you named, they're tough cookies, right? Yeah. So publicist to the stars. Yeah. Look, I'm you know I'm I'm a millennial, but I'm a rarity in the sense that you know my idols are are, are named you know Bobby Knight and Coach K and you know Lou Holt and people like that. So I mean I you know I I, I was raised by strong parents. And uh, I think people appreciate that. I mean, a lot of my business, i got to be honest with you, Randy, is in this for the social aspect, right? So there's mm-hmm. a ton of PR firms, a ton of PR firms. They only operate so they can go hang out with the fancy people inside the Beltway. We don't play that game. Yeah. Well, you're calling them out. And uh, my... My uh, brand is Truth Warrior Woke Destroyer. And so when I saw the Woking Dead, I thought, okay, well, this is going to put me to shame. You talk about destroying some woke, and you do it in a sardonic way. Uh, it's, it's, it is beautiful stuff. So I had to ask you, and it's because my wife and I occasionally, at the very few malls that are left anymore, uh, like to, I like to go in and buy her clothes because she's a beautiful gal, much better than I deserve. And she, I can buy her stuff off the rack, and it works. And we walk into Altered State now and then. And you had a piece in there about Altered State, and some people may have heard about that, some may not, about that place. But you talk about how a Christian clothing store can have success. What's the secret to Altered State? I mean, I thought it was interesting. I mean, look, they've gone, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that's what they are. That's the other thing, right? So it's like the people that discovered, the people that all of a sudden discovered why Chick-fil-A is not open on Sunday. Uh, (laughs) Right? I mean, it's there. Look, it's not. It's not over the top, you know, trashy women's clothes, but it's not, you know, uptight stuff either. It's an altered state is actually, I believe, referencing the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, it's they've been able to brand a Christian clothing line and they're in. I mean, they're in every mall. I mean, they're almost in every big mall in the United States. I mean, even around in in the swamp here in D.C., you've got some big time malls. It's so funny because they're like right across the hallway from Victoria's Secret. So, know. <laughs> you know, you get the 
You got the devil. You got the devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. <laughs> no, it's crazy. I saw that story. I thought it was something else. Uh, what, what do you think is the number one problem going into the election that is probably the strongest Trump card, no pun intended, going into these midterms in terms of culture and fighting woke? If you were if you were, you know, an advisor to one of the, the, the hundreds of candidates at the state level, you know, the representative senator, what would the one be the one thing be that I think would that you think would resonate most in terms of breaking the woke culture? Well, the one thing is to not follow the shiny objects that the media wants you to chase. OK, which is the Roe v. Wade decision, which is the raid on Mar-a-Lago, which is. This goofy inflation bill, which is just sort of a, you know, a uh, giveaway to, you know, the green energy world. Talk about the three things, the three legs of the stool that the American people are getting beat down on. One, medical. We just went through a totalitarian dress rehearsal here. We got captured because of coronavirus. We got mm-hmm. locked in. We didn't get to see grandma. We didn't get to go to prom. We didn't get to go to graduation. We didn't get to go to March Madness. And then that's one. So they, they lock us down. Then two, they slow pump this woke nonsense into us. It comes in many forms. It's CRT. It's cancel culture. It's the complaints about microaggressions and equity, right? It's the diversity pimps. It's the LGBTQ mafia coming after our pronouns, right? And then the third thing, which we now have, thanks to the reanimated corpse in the White House, is – uh, an economic situation where the American people are getting hammered, hammered by inflation, hammered by gas prices. Meanwhile, the people that work their rear ends off are watching the president basically bail out with this bill to, to bail out or this executive order to, for college loans forgiveness. Basically, Randy, they're not bailing out doctors. They're not bailing out veterinary uh, assistants. They're not bailing out dental assistants. They're not bailing out engineers. They're bailing out the humanities departments. They're bailing out the people that got bachelor's degrees in lesbian poetry and basket weaving. So it's go for the go for the jugular in terms of the woke culture, because, I mean, it's just it's a vocal minority that, of course, has the ear and the control of the media, both the digital and the uh, legacy media. And, and Americans get just hammered with that all the time, and yet they would never adopt that in their own lives if their life depended on it. But yet they see it inf- infiltrating our educational system. Although, look, they're beginning to fight back. I mean, we saw that, and uh, we saw that in Virginia, you know. And, and I think that people are getting are getting the the idea now. But you're right. What about lawlessness? We were just talking about that. I think that's another under pitched uh, uh, agenda on the part of the right. I think that you're right. They're Absolutely. distracted I mean, with Mar-a-Lago. The, yeah, no. Well, look, the the uh, the defund the police movement, regardless of what, uh, you know, phony Biden said the other day about loving the police. I don't know how many actors he had standing behind him, but he had quite a few. You know, you ought to tell uh, tell Biden, tell somebody should tell the Democrats. And I was listening to your audio bumping in about kneeling in the NFL. Somebody should tell them that they're kneeling to disrespect the J6 uh, Capitol Police. That, that'll twist them up. They won't know how to, you know, shoot straight if you tell them that. I mean, <laughs> all of a sudden they're for law enforcement, the Democrats. I don't think so. And when you see cities collapsing, right, all over the place, um, look, that's not the Republican base, but you could make inroads there by pointing out 
how liberal policies and crazy wokeness – I mean they're more concerned with gender identity than they are with preventing children from being shot walking home from school. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And that's the thing, the absurd – well, and look, hey, doesn't that – doesn't that also apply to to the climate change deal and and falling on the economic sword of this country all in the name of some ethereal utopian maybe future in what uh, 2000 uh, 2100 2150 i mean come on give me a break but yet that's what they that's no, that, the that's the altar right. they worship at that's what they would know they absolutely they, they they project forward a utopia that's filled with you know perfection but the reality is the humans aren't perfect you're never going to get there um, there's not going to be some workers' paradise at the end of the rainbow here. Okay, we have the greatest system that the world has ever seen, and you know, the ultimate goal of all of this has been to destroy the middle class. It is if you take wokeism, you strip it down to its original intent from a hundred years ago. It's cultural Marxism at its core. The goal was they knew they couldn't get carpenters and plumbers to overthrow the government. They couldn't get a workers' revolution, so they turned to the only foot soldiers they had, academia, entertainment, and the media. And they won. And education is killing us these kids at the younger ages. Uh, There was a clip from... uh, you know the, the undercover folks, uh, PV that do their to do the undercover things. They did it at the abortion clinic and everything. And they they interviewed a guy, caught him on camera. Jeremy Ballard is his name, and we didn't we tried to play the sound. It didn't work. It just it's, it's there's too much noise, background noise. This guy is an assistant principal in an elementary school in Greenwich, Connecticut. And as God is my witness, he says when he introduce when he interviews people, if he can find he, interview, he filters questions to to screen them to make sure they're not Catholic or conservative, and he doesn't want anyone over over uh, forty. He prefers thirty years old because the forties are more conservative because you get older. And this is all in and he says this on tape, and it's to indoctrinate. He wants the Democrat message so that these little kids will grow up to be Democrat voters. Do you think he's alone? Absolutely. No, I mean this is the this is this is the Woking Dead. This is their army. They're creating them. I mean that look, the young the Gen Z people, they're captured. I mean, they already had problems communicating and now they're getting this stuff slow pumped into them that they're not a boy, they're not a girl, let let Steve in the women's locker room, you know, let's go to drag uh drag fairy fairy tale reading, book reading on Sunday. I mean, it's perversion at the highest level. I mean, I never thought I would see this. It's like it's it's ridiculous. Um, and I mean, this used to look there was always political correctness, right? There was always mm-hmm. a nanny state trying to snatch the cigar and the salt shaker out of our hands. But they're now following families home. They're in their house. They're, we're paying for gender reassignment surgery in the military. I mean, it's like Dr. Mengele took over. I mean, it's it's really. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I've never seen anything like it. And that's why they well, have to stop Trump. And that's yeah. why they have to stop Trump. That's why they have to stop his voters, because there's never been an, a more effective tool against political correctness than Donald J. Trump. Yeah. Do you think occasionally he shoots himself in the foot with some of his communications? Your communications extraordinaire expert. I mean, you know, what say you? Yes. Yes, he does. He does. But, you know, I mean, if Andrew Jackson or Harry Truman had Twitter, they would have too. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, yeah you're right. You know, I <laughs> mean, look, right. he, he, I mean, this is what you get. You get the whole sandwich. You don't just get the, 
got part of the sandwich, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, look, so if, if he would have had a mute button on the Chris Wallace uh, debate, would he still would he still be the president? I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> I'm not going to relitigate that. I'm not going to relitigate that. Um, you know, I think he cleaned Biden's clock. He certainly took it to Hillary in 2016. Um, but if you get if you get Trump version three here, you're going to get the unvarnished scorched earth version. You're going to get Sherman's march to the sea. Yeah, yeah. We're talking with A.J. Rice, author of The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. Uh, A.J., I have to ask you, do you think there's there's, of course, a, a rift in the Republican Party at this point, right? There's the there's the true loyalist, uh, you know, always Trumpers. And there is a, a, a pretty strong faction of the never Trumpers. And then there's those who are, are noncommittal or at least they won't admit which way they are. Right. Um what what's the prescription for mending this fence if there is a mend that can be had? There's no mending with them. They're not. Look, there's a uniparty involved. You can call them the never Trumpers. You can call them whatever you want. A lot of what Trump exposed was that a lot of much of what goes on inside the Beltway is like pro wrestling. OK, where they mm-hmm. pretend to be at each other. They pretend this. They pretend that. And quite frankly, the media obviously, you know, pumps up the Liz Cheney types and the Kinzinger, crying Kinzinger types. But, you know, the reality of it is there isn't that many of them. They want you to think that they're, you know, that they're all over the place. But there are people in the Beltway, and they might have an R next to their name. They have a vested interest in keeping the system that feeds them alive. So... Trump was a disruptor like we've never seen. They hunted him before he was president. They hunted him while he was president. They're hunting him now. He's not even president. I mean, he is a cultural iconoclast like you've never seen. He's a counterculture icon. I mean, it's it, I've never seen anyone hunted like this. You're basically watching right. the Stations of the Cross, except Donald Trump is is the one <laughs> is the one taking the, the beating. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Um, so no, I wouldn't worry about them. They'll send some of these phony balonies out there for target practice. You know, it'll be like Rocky hitting the frozen meat in the freezer, right? Um, <laughs> but I don't think you're going to get any real, any real challenge if he decides to run. I mean, I, I don't think even DeSantis will get in. Um, you know, I mean, DeSantis may be put on the ticket, but you know, many conservatives have a vested interest to not let Trump and DeSantis go after each other. Oh, you're right. No, no, no. That that could be nuclear war, and it, it would not end up well. I mean, no matter who who won that battle. Uh, we're talking with A.J. Rice. Uh, before we let you go, I have to tell you, the, the way the book's organized, and the book, ladies and gentlemen, is The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. And it's a collection of uh, of several, just many, many articles that, uh, that my guest uh, A.J. has written in places from American Thinker to Newsmax to what, what, a couple dozen things you're, you're regularly writing on, Real Clear Politics. And um, I, I love the one particular story. Oh, I had it. I had it marked here in the section on China. And this is a little bit of an idea of uh, of the sardonic humor that is A.J. Rice. And uh, boy, it's it's cutting. Maybe it's time to unfriend people who eats bats. <laughs> what are your thoughts on China and the way we're treating them? Go ahead. Well, look, um, whether the, the virus came from, you know, Fauci's underwear drawer or whether it came from eating bats. I mean, at some point, we've got to make a decision. 
I mean, do you want a kid that eats bats on the school bus with your children? Do you want the do you want the uncle that eats bats at your Thanksgiving table? No. I mean, China is an China is an irresponsible actor. They're the, they're the kid that never takes a bath. They're the kid with the snotty nose that's sneezing on all the other kids. And, you know, they need to be booted. They they're, they need to be booted from the world community and they need to be shamed. And, you know, there's too many people that are looking to China as their next customer. Yeah, and they yeah. just on they did this to us. They unleashed it, whether it was intentional or escaped the lab or what you know, whatever the heck it is. They need to be impugned. Um, and look, I try to have some fun with them. I tiptoe up to the line. I certainly would never date a girl who eats bats. No, not a good idea. <laughs> hey, I got an idea for volume two because I feel there will be one coming on. This is Publius Prose Volume One. How about hypocritic woke zombies? Because hypocritical woke zombies. I think, I think of uh, uh, LeBron James, and we could go down the list, and so many people that, you know, talking of China. Boy, they're happy to go over there and reap the, the harvest that is one of the biggest markets for the NBA, if not the biggest, uh, and, but yet to say nothing about their human rights abuses, and on the other hand, be the, the most wokest of the woke over here in America. I mean, it, it's, it's hypocrisy at its best. They're all upset. No, they're all upset about Jamal Khashoggi and Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia is involved with the Live Golf Tour, and they've got nothing to say about the, the home of the concentration camps on Earth, which is China. I mean, they got nothing to say. LeBron's yeah. got nothing to say. <clears throat> Disney has nothing to say. They all go in there because they want to replace Cobbler and Rice and Cobbler's audience with the 1.3 billion communist Chinese. They're okay. Yeah. If we vote with our wallet, they're okay with that because they'll turn to the Chi-Coms to be their customer. It's, it's really disgusting. And it's and it's it's treacherous for this country. There's no doubt about it. AJ, pleasure being with you. Thank you for uh, writing this book. It's a great one, and uh, probably well. You got are you already on the bestseller list? I haven't looked recently. Yeah, no, we've been number we've hit number one on Amazon a bunch of times. For I, sure. I figured that. I figured that. Good. Hey, thanks for being with me. Thank you, Doc. You're a, you're a patriot, really. All righty. Hey, you too, my friend. Thank you so much, AJ Rice, author of The Woking Dead. How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. It is a dandy. Pick it up. Well, I can't wait to talk to Virginia Cruda here in the next segment. Lots to talk about, including me sneezing because I must have allergies. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Brittany Aldine, uh, the Biden speech. Uh, <laughs> ranked China. We've got so much to talk about. Virginia Cruda coming up in the next segment on News Talk STL 1. 1019941 stay tuned folks Welcome back to the program, 749, and we're talking with Virginia Cruda in our weekly get-together. Lots to talk about, including, let's start out, uh, Virginia, with that, that Biden speech the other night. That was one of the darkest, most intimidating, frightening, frankly, looked like a fascist speech out of the 40s. I don't want to use the Nazi cliche, but what was your, uh, what was your reaction to, the, <laughs> to that uh, Biden talk on Thursday evening? Well, you know, my first thought was, I'm not sure how much more of this unity we can take. Uh, I mean, this is this is a president who ran on 
unifying the United States. Like that, that's what he said. And, and what, what I thought was really striking was, and he's, he's done this before where he says something extremely divisive and then turns around and says, but, but I'm not a president of just the Democrats. I'm president of blue America and red America trying to pick up on that Obama sentiment that, uh, you know, but, it's that that quick reminder after he said something completely destructive to say, oh, yeah, but I, but I'm actually Obama's guy. So so you can still trust me. And that's just the optics of it. Oh, yeah. It was, Comment on that. I mean, I just I, would you think that was just a, a mistake that they didn't plan or was that actually contrived because it was intimidating with the military people there? And as a veteran, what do you think about having the veteran, the, the, the military presence there behind him? Well, here's the thing. The Marine guard goes where the president goes. If he had done this speech at the white house, they would have been there. If he, it doesn't matter where he does the speech, the Marine guard goes with him. So to have them there in the, in the visual, I guess, yeah, I can see why some people are upset about it, but at the same time, the Marines are doing their job and they're they're going where the president goes because that's what they do. So, if it, if it were just about having the Marines president, it wouldn't bother me at all. What I thought was interesting was that prior to the speech, there was um, somebody asked uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean Pierre. Um, is this going to be a political speech? And she said, no. And no. the question I asked is, why would you lie about that? Because it's one thing if you're the right. press secretary and your job is to protect the president and you spin, spin, spin all day long and you lie and you lie and you lie. But usually it's just to protect the president, right? This is an unforced error. She didn't have to lie about that because two things. One, nobody believes that that's nobody believed even before it happened that that speech wasn't going to be political. Doesn't matter what side of the mm-hmm. aisle you're on, no one believed that speech wasn't going to be political. And two, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Nobody cared that the speech was going to be political. Nobody cared that she would, if she had told the truth, no one would have been mad. So I, I'm trying to figure out why. Why she bothered to lie about that, and then he gets out there and he he says this this stuff that again very very political, overtly political, and to suggest that it's not i mean one i, I mean I think it's difficult for any sitting president whether you whether you're trying to do it in good faith or not. I think that a few months before a midterm primary where you're you're expected to lose seats. Your your speech is going to be political because it's going to address right. the fact that you're probably going to lose ground. And it has to be political if you want to gain or keep your majority. So uh, I don't I, – I just wonder why they thought it was important to lie about that. I, I agree. Talking with Virginia Cruda, you can read all of the great stuff she writes at The Daily Wire and on Twitter at VA Cruda. I don't know if you've been following the Brittany Aldean uh, story, uh, uh, Virginia, but I found it interesting. She just made an innocent post that said, well, not so innocent. It was a comment on the 
on the on the ridiculous uh, abusive uh, treatment of children who may have a little yeah. tomboy moment and the next thing you know counselors and and their parents in some cases are having them take puberty blockers and later getting parts taken off but uh, she made a comment about she's thankful when she went through a tomboy phase that her parents didn't turn her into a trans uh, gender you know and she got pushed back on it she then defended it and now jason aldean's publicist has canceled him your thoughts you know, I, I'm wondering where this ends, because if you look at um, we have a couple posts up on it this week. Um, actor and comedian Rob Schneider did a sit down with Glenn Beck this past week. And Sh Schneider, I don't know if you've seen in recent years, especially COVID and, and cancel culture has been very outspoken in saying, hey, you know, can we not ask questions about these things anymore? You know, can we can we not push back at all without without right. losing our livelihoods? And Glenn Beck asked him directly, are you prepared to lose everything for what you believe in? And he did not even hesitate. Absolutely. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Because if we don't have yeah. if we don't have what I'm standing for, we don't have anything. And he's right. And uh, but you're seeing. You're seeing a few people push back uh, on this, and, and they've become kind of uncancelable. Look at um, Ricky Gervais. I mean, how many yep. times have they tried to cancel him? And Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. Well, and look at, look at Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Well, they have audiences because they don't care. They've stood up and they've said, yeah. you're not going to cancel me because I'm not going to allow it. And right, uh, granted, right. these well, are people who have bigger platforms. Like if I, for example, if I say something at my child's school and they do something to attempt to get me fired or not that, that not that it would work. I mean, the Daily Wire is pretty much uncancelable. And I, I would imagine that News Talk STL follows that same, that same bent. But the idea that small people can be canceled, but when you have larger voices like Ricky Gervais, like Dave Chappelle, right. um, and, and now but Rob in, Schneider. And in mass, who are in mass, they can't be canceled. You're right. Uh, either big voices or mass yeah. voices. And we're going to see that, I think, at school boards this year and others. Hey, we're up against the clock, Virginia. Thanks for being with me again. Great Absolutely. stuff. And I would commend everyone to reading everything you write on Daily Wire. Appreciate it, Virginia. Have a good weekend.